I'll never forget he said, wow, that's too bad. You used to be so creative. And I was like, my heart, I could feel it like just broke. And I knew he was right. Welcome to the Imperfect Party, where nobody's perfect, and that's worth celebrating. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, and I'm so happy you're here. Let's just do this thing, shall we? Hey, real quick, before we get going, did you know that I host free dance parties every single day of the week? I know, cool, right? Go to deannaseymour.com slash party to get the deets and snag your invite. All right, so I have Cassie Stevens on the podcast today, and I did not play it cool at all when I was introducing her, and you'll hear that in a second, but um, she is an art teacher who I feel like us art teachers all art teachers probably. I don't know, maybe not all. But see, I'm not, I'm doing it again. I'm not being cool again. She is very, very creative. Her classroom is, you know, beautiful. I mean, her classroom is a work of art. Her clothes are awesome. She's just really creative, fun, awesome spirit. And something that I feel like all us art teachers could sprinkle a little of her creativity into the things we're doing in our classroom. And I know some art teachers who are just like Cassie. Um, I'm not going to put myself in that category. But anyways, she is awesome. She is a teacher in Tennessee, just south of Nashville. She's written two books filled with sewing and clay crafts for kids and art teachers alike. And you can also take a listen to her podcast where she shares all things about life and art teaching. She's super fun. She's super real. And it's a really good conversation. So let's just get started. Hello, Cassie. Hey, how's it going? It's so good. I mean, I, all the art teachers in Henrico County are going to be so jealous that I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, and that's you're... what we're going for, right? No, just kidding. <laughs> And that's all we're going to talk about is how awesome you are tonight. Um, I mean, you have to at least tell me like your background of how this all happened. Because I'm like, how do you go from being an art teacher to being like, I mean, I was just going to call you the queen of the art teachers, but I really don't think that's that much of an exaggeration. Like, I feel like you're pretty freaking rad. Like, I'm trying not to be um, self-deprecating is like my new thing. Like, don't even make jokes. Like you're work. I'm working on everything, body positivity. That's awesome. But I don't think it's like self-deprecating to say Cassie Stevens is pretty freaking cool. Like it's not like putting myself down. It's just a fact. So can you walk me through your journey to get where you are? Like walk me through this. Sure. Well, uh, it's a little long winded, but that's uh, all right. We're here. We're here for it. Well, I have been teaching art, I think this was my 23rd year, despite everything that happened this year, it literally felt like the very first year. I think everybody (laughs) felt that way though, but gee whiz, I questioned number one, my life's choices and number two, what I was doing every day, all day up until the very end. Yesterday was our last day and honestly for this year, it couldn't have gotten here any sooner. Um, But for me personally, I started teaching art in 1998 um, and I'm originally from Indiana 
Um, and when I got out of college, I honestly had no intention of actually using my teaching degree. I um, did my student teaching with high school in a small town in Indiana. Didn't love the experience. I felt like I was too close to the same age as those kids. They didn't really respond to me at all. Um, I didn't enjoy it. I remember, I remember standing in the shower um, before going in every single day, just like crying. Like I this is not for me. I can't do this. You know, I muscled my way through student teaching. And then I had the opportunity to do student teaching overseas. So I, um, student taught in Ireland, um, middle school and high school, which that was an absolute blast, mostly just to be, that was my first time to go out of the country. It was just, everything was new and exciting and amazing. And I had a great time. I didn't love, love teaching, but it was definitely much more enjoyable of an experience that I had when I was, you know, at home. Crying in the shower. (laughs) It was was more fun than crying in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) So then I, when I came home, you know, back in the late nineties, you didn't really get online and look for jobs. You had to um, send away for a job application and the school would send you the job application. You had to fill it out and then send it back. And then they would call you and set up. It's like a different world, you know, there were, I know. Isn't that so funny? Yeah. Like we sound like, I mean, I don't, okay. So I'm just, I can't really do the math, but I'm 40, but I always sound, feel like I sound like I'm a hundred. Cause I'm like, in my day, we didn't even like, <laughs> You know, we had to use a payphone when we were going to like Taco Bell after school. Like, I don't know. It's it, it is a whole different world. It's so wild. For sure. Yeah. And you know, my parents, they were super concerned that I was going to come back from my overseas adventure and then just like, you know, mooch off of them, which was totally the game plan, but <laughs> My dad sent away 52 job applications. So I'll never forget walking in from, you know, being overseas and seeing the dining room table just like overflowing with all these really fat envelopes. Um, Some as far away as like Alaska, like they were determined that I use my degree and went on a couple of job interviews. And one of them was to Nashville, Tennessee. So I decided, you know, what the heck? It's, you know, somewhere other than Indiana and nothing wrong with Indiana. I just wanted to you know, really strike out on my own, get away from my hometown. And um, I thought Nashville sounded fun and exciting. So I got hired down here and I got an elementary art position. So I've only taught kindergarten through fourth grade art um, for the last 23 years. And when I got that first gig, I was like, holy crap, I don't know what I'm doing. Like Mm -hmm. I had in college, my brain was like, I'm going to be a high school art teacher. I guess. I mean, if I got to do it, I guess that's what I'm going to do. So, (laughs) you know, I didn't really think about the little people. Um, And I think that that's the way a lot of college kids who are pursuing art education, that's usually where their brain is at. When I talk to them, they're always like, oh yeah, little kids are scary. I'm going to teach high school. And I always tell them, okay. But just so you know, if and when you do your student teaching experience and you realize this is not my cup of tea, just know that there is a whole nother ball of wax out there. It's called elementary art. It is pretty fun. It's pretty amazing. Um, and I think yeah. you know, people, are, when you get to be like a certain age, when you're in your 20s, you're like the little kids that kind of freak you out because they just look like, and they pretty much are, an unruly basket of kittens. But- <laughs> 
they can be really fun too, especially if you're into that kind of unruly basket of kittens thing. But anyway, in 98, because I hadn't really prepared myself for teaching kids, suddenly I found myself teaching children and I didn't have a clue what to do. Um, And I remember, you know, there weren't blogs back then. There wasn't Pinterest. There wasn't Instagram. You couldn't just like get on Facebook on one of the art teacher forums. You actually had to like maybe go to a library. And even these buildings with like books in them and then you check them out like like thumb through the card catalog to find one I mean it's I'm laughing but it's just yeah it's so different that's what we had to do back in the day (laughs) and you know I remember checking just so many books out from the library and back then even I feel like Crafts and arts and crafts had really hit a peak in the 60s and 70s. They called it granny crafts back, you know, if you think back of everybody just like doing macrame and sew and all of those crafts have like a a strong looking granny look to them. That's legit the only thing I could find at the library for teaching (laughs) art to kids. I was like, I'm not going to teach about a macrame. What the world am I looking at here? (laughs) So, you know, I just had to really immerse myself in creating you know, projects that working with the materials that I knew the kids had. And I spent a lot of time, a lot of my focus getting everything that I could about art education for children and reading it, devouring it, spending all my time doing that. And um, it was about probably seven years in that I really hit a wall because I was putting all, pouring all of my time and all of my energy into just that, into trying to be what I thought would be the perfect art teacher, which by the way, there is no such thing. There's just the art teacher that you can be and be the best that you can be. You know what I mean? There is no perfect, but I was trying to find that person. And in that time and all the time that I spent, I just got really frustrated. I got frustrated because I wasn't taking, I didn't know it at the time, but I wasn't taking any time for myself. Mm-hmm. I had stopped creating. I wasn't pursuing any interests of my own. It was just like, this is what I have to do to become the art teacher I need to be for these kids. And what those kids really needed was a happy person who was pursuing their own creative outlets because that's what makes a happy person. And I wasn't doing that. When oh I gosh. realized that, I started to like think, okay, I've got to start taking my quote creative vitamins because I'm feeling a real deficiency. I'm feeling really uninspired. I'm really cranky when I get up in the morning and it's showing itself in my classroom. It's making an appearance in the lessons and the way that I teach and I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. And the kids usually mirror that back to you. Mm -hmm. Like when you're like cranky, then that's when you get the sassy. I feel like the crankier I am, it just like raises the bar. (laughs) It just keeps going and going until something, you know, something gives, something turns around and obviously we're the teachers. So we're the ones who have to (laughs) change that energy. Um, And I think that the days when I'm a little cranky, and I focus on the negative, like, oh, would you please sit correctly? Oh, why did you leave this out? La, la, la. You know, all I do is just what I call the stop, quit, don'ts. You know, that's mm-hmm. every one of your sentences starts with a stop, quit, please don't do that. You know, when I start start hearing myself use that language, I'm like, I've got to fix this because the, that um, is going to reflect the rest of my day because it's reflecting my attitude. Yeah. So when I hear myself or feel myself doing that, I have to force myself to start looking for the positive. Because if you look for the positive, you're going to see it. But if you're just like focused on the negative, that's all you're going to see. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you change out your sunglasses. You mm-hmm. got your negative sunglasses, that's all you're going to see. 
positive ones, even if you've got to force yourself to do it, you, I guarantee your day is going to go a whole lot better. But um, when I did decide to start pursuing my own creative outlets, the sad thing was I didn't even know where to start because I had neglected that like creative side for so long. You can I, okay. Like you're in my brain, except for, I have been struggling with this with my kids. I think a lot of moms struggle with this, just like they become a mom and they just pour everything into that. Like you said, there's no such thing as perfect art teacher, no such thing as a perfect mom. And I'm like, just this past year, because everything was quieter and, you know, more still, I was like, okay, I have to like, find myself like who am I I couldn't even make a list of like five things I liked at Christmas time you know because I was like I've been pouring it all into this this one thing and you're right like I mean I'm an art teacher I went to art school like I stopped basically making anything that I wanted to make and because it's like between school and home who has I'm it? done and I just don't do it so I feel like you're also like everything you're saying 100% could also totally just be a parent who is not like essentially it just comes down to self-care like you're just not taking care of yourself in whatever you know workaholic like if you're a lawyer and you're doing that or you're a teacher or a parent or whatever it's just crazy like you're just talking and I'm like this could be me talking right now yeah, it's amazing yeah. and you know for me here's here's the pivotal point for me um I went to visit uh this is like I said 10 years into teaching and I went to go visit a high school friend um, and he went out to San Francisco and that's where he lives and, or lived. And I was visiting him. We were hanging out and our, you know, connection in high school was our love for art. You know, he, he's a very creative guy and I loved, you know, I was creative or am creative. Um, and we were just sitting around and talking and he's like, so tell me what you're making. What are you working on right now? And I was like, <laughs> Uh, I don't have time to do that. Like it was some frivolous thing. I was like, I'm working on lesson plans. I'm working on making my room look organized. I'm working on, he's like, yeah, but what are you working on? Like aside from school, what are you creating? And I remember just getting, he was getting, as my girlfriend who teaches PE says, he was getting all in my kitchen. He was really (laughs) pissing me off because he was really striking a nerve and I knew he was right, but I just kept getting more and more agitated. Like you don't understand teaching art is all inclusive package and there's a lot to it and I just don't have time. And I'll never forget. He said, wow, that's too bad. You used to be so creative. And I was like, my heart, I could just broke. And I knew he was right. And I remember spending the rest of that time um, hanging out with him, just like thinking when I get home, I have got to figure my shit out. I pardon my language. I've got to figure out like what I am going to work on, what's going to be my creative outlet, because it has to be something. And I had neglected creating for so long that I remember just thinking, okay, I'm going to start creating but what am I going to create? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what my interests are anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if anybody is at that point where they, they know I need to be creating, it's going to happen. And they're thinking, but I don't know what I want to do. I would say, I would challenge that person to just like go to a craft store and just walk up and down the aisles, any aisle, every aisle, and just grab whatever just speaks to you. Like maybe for me, um, I went to a craft store and it was like a cross stitch kit 
And I, this is so cheesy and hokey. And I thought, I'm not going to judge myself. I had to keep silencing that voice in my head. Like, this is stupid. It's a dumb cross stitch. What are you doing? I was like, shut up. I'm doing this. It's speaking to me. I'm going for it. And um, I didn't ever finish it, but I did start it. And what it did was it led me to the next thing that I wanted to create. And that led me to the next thing. And it was almost like this, I like to think of it like a ball in motion stays in motion. And my ball of creativity had flat out just like stopped. And Mm -hmm. once I got it kind of like I gave it that nudge with that cross stitch kit, when I gave it the nudge, then suddenly the ideas were coming to me and I got more ideas of things I wanted to do and I was getting more excited about it. And um, suddenly I found myself spending a lot of more time creating and a lot less time focusing on teaching. And I was really excited to go home every day and to work on like sewing something, making an apron, whatever. But I was really not excited to be going to school. Mm. And I thought, okay, I have got to figure out a balance here because the scale was tipped towards teaching to the extreme for many years. And now it's teaching more or now it's tipped more toward the creating. I want to do both. I've got to find a balance. So for me, that was in 2012 that I decided I maybe a blog would help. And I thought if I blog once a week, um, one blog post can be about a lesson that I'm going to create that's going to be original, that's going to be a lesson that I'm excited to teach and the kids will be excited to learn. And then I share that out. And I was mostly thinking of a way to kind of hold myself accountable, hold my feet to the fire kind of kind of thing. Yeah. I wasn't really thinking because I want to meet other people and get sponsored. I, I, that, that was like not even it. I just wanted to hold myself accountable. So I thought I'll, I'll blog a lesson that I'm excited to teach and I'll blog whatever creative thing I'm working on once a week. And because I like to dress goofy, I'll blog, you know, what I wore that week because I loved at that time I was really into following, you know, outfit of the day kind of blogs and that kind of thing. And that really helped me stay motivated. I no longer, I'm really lousy with blogging as well. Um, I don't blog three times a week anymore, but I did it for years, for years and years. Um, And now it's more like once every couple of weeks or something. I always have best intentions to get back to it, but um, uh, maybe this summer, but it really, it really helped me stay creative and energized and kind of like focused on making sure I was excited about teaching and excited about creating. That's so, you're like jogging my memory because I did a blog. It might've been around the same time, to be honest. Um, I feel like Tumblr had just come out. You remember oh, Tumblr yeah. blogs? I mean, they're still around, but, um, and I had one called Dee Dee, Dee Does Drawing. And I told myself I was going to make a drawing every day. And I mean, I don't, I did pretty, pretty good. Easy. Like, yeah, pretty That's good. Easy. But also just tell told stories of my life, you know, just would do a doodle and be like, here's what I did today or here's what I did whatever. And so I'm like, it is that accountability piece. I think a little bit like hitting that publish button and feeling like, oh, people are kind of like expecting, like, I mean, I didn't have a large audience or anything. I just, I knew a couple friends looked at it or I just, it's just like a docu, you know, it's like you're on a streak. You don't want to miss it. So I think there is that accountability piece for like blogging or publishing or creating that sort of helps. And I think that the tricky thing for me was finding a balance, you know, because if you're really in your creative mode, but you got to prep a lesson or you have to think of a lesson for first grade the next day, then you're just like, uh, you know, and you're not excited to do, to um, start lesson planning because you really want to be doing the other thing. Yeah. So one thing that I 
started doing was, and it doesn't always work well, but it's helped me quite a bit and it might help some folks out there, um, is that I like to think of um, teaching and creating as like two paths with an end destination. So for my teaching path, my end destination is a successful lesson where the kids enjoyed it and I had a great time teaching it. And um, for my creative path, the end goal is something that I've made that I'm proud of. And what I have found is that if I can align those two paths, if I can have them running parallel, if I am teaching something that I'm also at home creating something very similar, then I'm enthusiastic on both fronts. For example, if I'm going to be teaching my second graders, let's say I did, a, I did this lesson where they made a giant starry night mural um, and that my end goal was this massive mural where each contributed a small piece to it. Mm-hmm. And when I was at home, when I was sketching out that mural idea, I started thinking about, well, what kind of dress can I sew? Cause that's my thing. You know, I like yeah. to sew and I like to wear weird clothes. What can I sew to kind of go along with it? And when I was working on one, it was giving me ideas for the other and I was getting more and more excited. And when I was finally, you know, able to teach lesson to my kids, then I was able to share with them this dress I made and teach and while wearing that dress and talk to them about that process, you know, what that creative outlook looks like. And so when I can kind of align those two things, it's really fulfilling. Um, it doesn't always happen, but if there's you know somebody out there who's really passionate about baking, gardening, painting, whatever your creative outlet is, if you can somehow think of a way to kind of have that path go along with your teaching path and then bring that experience in with your students, because I think it'll help your kids also see that we don't learn in like a vacuum, like, you know, your creative outlet is all encompassing. It's not just like we make, you know, a cute picture in art and that's the end. That's the only time I create. And it only has to do with whatever the teacher says, you know, you want to be be able to see, no, it's actually all art is all around you. It's not just like, you know, a picture we see in a museum, but it's a beautiful flower. It's a, a arrangement of flowers in a vase. And the more you can kind of bring that experience in that you're passionate about, that passion will be contagious for your students. Yeah. And I mean, I know I just talked about moms before, but um, same thing, I feel like. Sometimes I'll get like, you know, you're like, oh, these kids are always around me and I want to do this thing. But is there a way you could do a garden and maybe there's like, maybe Ruby and I could, I mean, I don't garden, but you just said garden. Now I'm like, wait, everybody, I do not garden. My, if my husband hears this, he'll be like, what is she even talking about? <laughs> but for, let's just pretend for a second, I'm a gardener. Maybe Ruby and I could make a fairy garden, which is something I would totally be into, mm-hmm. but you know, like ways you can weave. I love that. I love that tip of how can you like kind of make things work together so that the balance comes a little easier. Like you don't have to um, compartmentalize so much. Everything kind of is on theme. I love that. Um, I do have something too. I was thinking about, um, so you've only taught elementary art. I have taught high school and elementary art. And I don't know if you want to weigh in on this. I don't know if it's a hot topic, but I feel like elementary art teachers do not get the respect that they deserve in the profession sometimes. Do you feel like that? Or you can also say no comment if you want. I feel like I'm asking a hard hitting question. (laughs) I guess I don't have much experience to speak to it, honestly. Um, I do feel like we're all in different little worlds, which I think is a shame because, you know, what I'm teaching directly feeds into the middle school art realm, which directly Mm -hmm. feeds into the art, uh, you know, high school art. And um, 
I don't feel, I feel like we're all very compartmentalized. You know, I, yeah, you are right. That is so true. Open conversation between the three of us. Um, I mean, I guess we have our state standards and, you know, the national standards and all that stuff, but you know, it'd be cool to hear from those people, you know, but I, I guess I don't, I haven't noticed that. Okay. I don't follow a lot of, unfortunately, I don't follow a lot of high school art teachers on social media. I just don't know who to follow Yeah, um, or even middle school teachers. So I wish I could speak to that. Oh no, yeah. I guess maybe I'm just like sensitive, <laughs> but I'm like, no. I just feel like I've experienced both. And I just, I feel like, I don't know. Well, I think that's kind of why when you're in college or people are in college, they're like, I'm going to teach high school. It's like a yeah. little bit that the kids are scary, but also like it feels more real, like they're making yeah. art. Like, yeah. yeah. And the little ones are like, you know, just finger paint, whatever. Like, uh, oh, yeah. you're just like finger painting. I'm like, I was in for a rude awakening when I went down from high school to elementary school. I was like, this is so much more planning, right. so much more prep, right. so much more. You know, it's just, I was, I mean, like, kind of like you were saying, I mean, just starting, it was like my 10th year of teaching, but my first year of elementary school, and I was like, felt like my first year, like I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off being like, oh, 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 don't do that. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. Wait, what's happening? Okay. Oh, I didn't know kids would do that with that. You know, it's like, whoa, this is hard work. And also they make really awesome art. So true. Yeah. People are tripping. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just sensitive about it. <laughs> well, and you know, I will say this in the school district where I teach, I'm a K-8 district. Okay. We have our art teacher meetings. I don't, you know, we, we have no high school art teachers in our district. So, you know, I'm mostly hanging out with elementary or middle school teachers, which, you know, we don't plan with them either. They plan separately and we plan separately, which like I said, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. But, well, where do the kids go when they get to ninth grade? They then, we have such an interesting school district. Um, we're the city schools. And so they go to the county high schools when they, they leave our school district. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm also like, do you know Bobby Bones? Because you're in Nashville. <laughs> do you oh, even know who that is? Here. Huh? That name sounds super familiar. He's like a country. I don't, oh. I feel like a couple of years ago, my husband and I were like, man, country music is our new thing. Like it now, like contemporary country. Uh, and it's really lame and none of our friends understand, <laughs> but Bobby Bones is like a radio DJ. Um, okay. That's where I've heard the name. Yep. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm don't, I'm my, um, country music game is not great. And I will say that having lived in Nashville, I've only seen a couple of celebs. I have seen the entirety of the Judd family at one point or another. Um, Yep, which is quite fascinating. One of them did her community service reading books in the library at our school. So that was <laughs> awesome. I have to Google which one that was. The, the, I, can't, I don't know their name. Uh, Winona. I feel like it was Winona, probably. I don't know. I'm making I'll that never up. forget seeing all that red hair at the library. I was like, oh, there she is. Yeah. Delightful lady. Very Love it. Who else have you seen? This is fun. Um, I ran into her mom at the Vanderbilt Breast Clinic. That was an experience. <laughs> Everybody was asking her for photos, and we're all like wearing our robes because, well, we're getting our robes down. And she was just, you know, delightfully posing in her, her robe. You know, she kept everything in place, she didn't flash anybody. Um, and then the Pickers, one of the Pickers guys, I've run into him a couple of times. Um, 
and I don't follow that show very well, but yeah, they, one of them lives here in Nashville that I've seen, but that's it, man. Everybody's always like, I've seen, you know, Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban. I don't see any of these people. Uh-uh. No. Well, you're too busy selling your clothes. Something like that. They, they I mean, really don't frequent the same Aldi Goodwill and Dollar General. That I <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, you, we're on the same circuit. I mean, I'm in Virginia, but I think we have the same favorite stores. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Um, let me ask you this, because I feel like inquiring minds might want to know or might might just be me. What What is your bedtime? I feel like you do make so much stuff and it seems like, how can this woman get all this done? It's bad. It varies. You know, like there, there were some times this like last couple of weeks where I was trying to like muscle through, I would come home and I mean, the, the minute I get home, I am in my pajamas. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It's like... <laughs> I walk in the door and I go straight upstairs and I'm in PJ mode. Um, and- I Okay. I'm sorry, but we're twins because I do that so much that my chihuahua, I used to have Frank, would literally get really sad if I put back on my jeans. Like it would mean that I was leaving. Like he knew when I came home from work, comfy pants went on. And if I put my real pants back on, he would like go lay down and be like, man, you're leaving Mama's me. Leaving. I know, but oh my gosh, I love a girl who loves some comfy pants. Yes. Yes. I okay. Look- so you come home from work, get on your comfy pants. And then there's sometimes when I will like, it's so funny. We are nappers in my house. So I might take a cat nap. And then there's times when I'm up to like, you know, 11. Um, and I just love to work on stuff. My husband goes to bed pretty early. So I just, I love to stay up late. The house is quiet. Just me and the cats running around. Um, but you know, then there's other times when that catches up with me and then I'm mm-hmm. in bed by like eight o'clock, completely conked out, drool everywhere, that kind of thing. That was probably too graphic for everybody, but it really <laughs> just varies. But I'm a total night owl, you know, I'm in summer mode. So I'm just ready to be staying up late and be able to, um, you know, sew stuff, make stuff, whatever. Yeah. Live it, live the dream, do whatever you want. <laughs> Summertime, right? Yes. Uh, it's such a reset. It's so weird to me that other jobs don't have that reset. I agree. I say that to my husband all the time. I'm like, man, I could never do a job where I don't have a break. And he's like, uh, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it just would feel like it was never ending. Like, I also feel like you can have kind of a rough year and you're like, okay, yeah, June, now we're going um, – you know, start again in the fall and you're like, all right, new year, new me, let's do this. And if you, you love it, that button, you know, yeah. and it feels like a, definitely we're, I'm going to love it this year, but you know, yeah. I love June. June's my favorite month. I think of the whole year, but then when July comes, it's like Sunday night for a whole month. <laughs> it's terrible. So wait, even you get the Sunday blues. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. No, I do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For real, July always wears me out. I'm like, man, slow down. I know. I know. We that is August first. We go back like super early. So well, yeah, because you're out. So I my my last day of school is June seventeenth. Mm-hmm. I couldn't make it. Nope. I'd be I'd be taking sick days like crazy. But then, but then they don't go. Actually, we just got an email <laughs> from our principal being like, I will not honor any more time off. So clearly, a lot of people have that idea. Uh, and I was like, oh, no, I was about to ask for something, but That's okay, you, whatever. You, you do the whole, but when you're sick, you're <laughs> sick, right? <Yeah. laughs> I know. You can't help it, you know? <laughs> um, it's a pandemic. Come on. It's too risky. Just kidding. <laughs> 
Um, well, this was awesome. I just love seeing, like, I guess behind the curtain. I mean, I know that sounds weird and maybe it makes you uncomfortable to be like, not at all, no. Oh my gosh. But, um, there's turns out you are human and you wear comfy pants and you also have the Sunday blues. So, yeah, you're just a person <laughs> who's really good at teaching art, like, really good. Very kind. Yes. Which I was, I mentioned to you in our emails, but I'm, this is my last year. So who knows? I've left before and come back, but I just feel like this year at home with my kids has just really made me appreciate all the time I get with them. I mean, sometimes I'm like, uh, this is a lot of time with them. But um, I mean, it's crazy. I took took time off when I had my daughter. But then when I had my son, I was already teaching. Um, like I took time off when I was pregnant with my daughter. And so when she was born, I got to hang out with her and see all the things. But Jack... I had to put him, you know, put him right in daycare, like eight weeks. He's back and I missed some stuff. And then there was a global pandemic and I got to see him crawl and see him walk and do all those things. So I want to keep hanging out with him. I don't blame you. I think that sounds amazing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, a little bittersweet, but I'm sure we'll see what happens. I mean, I'll I'll probably pop back in because that's what I did after Ruby. So anyways, well, thank you so much. I appreciate this. This is awesome. And do you want to like tell people where they can follow you? I'm like, they already follow you, but I don't, maybe not the whole, maybe the whole world doesn't follow you yet. So if you want to tell us their favorite place for them to find you, you can do that. Well, um, Instagram is probably where I hang out the most. You can find me at Cassie underscore Stevens. Stevens is spelled with a PH and a Z at the end. That's not the actual spelling of my name, but somebody, <laughs> there's another Cassie Stevens out there who got that handle first. Um, so but right. I am Cassie Stevens everywhere else. So with an S at the end, no Z. So if you just Google my name, you can probably find me on my YouTube channel and my podcast and um, TikTok. Um, and TikTok. Do you love TikTok? I, Is that fun? You make good TikToks. I Well, thank you. I do enjoy it. It's just I laugh because my students are obviously all over TikTok right now. And so when they find me on there and I don't advertise any of this stuff. They're like, yeah. Oh my gosh, Miss Stevens, you have so many followers. It's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, do not watch. Or they'll, you know, make fun of my dance moves, which you know, I don't blame them there, but no, I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. But I was going to say your dance moves are awesome. Yeah, they're, something. <laughs> they're something. All right. Well, awesome it's to you me. <laughs> it's fun. It's fine. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not good at podcasting. So I'm like, how do we wrap it up? I was going to be like, I'll talk to you later. And then you'd be like, weird, Deanna. We're not like friends now. So don't like text me or anything. So, but thank you so yeah. much for coming on. My and pleasure. Who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe we are best friends. You don't know. We maybe we'll hang are. out in our comfy pants. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. We'll just let it happen. <laughs> just Sounds kidding. great. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye, girl. Bye. All right. So it's just blow. It just blew my mind that Cassie also got the Sunday blues. So it, I'm, I'm like, how is that even possible? I thought she was immune to that, but she's not. So she turns out she's a real person and she's still super awesome. And I think that was really fun. But I think what was super awesome was just hearing her, you know, tell that story about her friend who said, oh, you used to be so creative. And I feel like I've been there been through that, almost like heard that same thing and feel like I have sort of lost touch with my creativity and know that it is possible to get it back. So in whatever way, like however that looks for you, just trying to figure out a way to sprinkle that creativity back into your life is what we all need to do, right? 
I'm here to help you. So if you need some help thinking of ways to do that, or if you want me to hold you accountable, then reach out. We're doing lots of fun stuff over here. I am opening up my um, membership soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. If you're on my email list, then you will know all about it, but I'm just so excited to help people rekindle that creative spirit. And I mean, you don't have to be a Cassie Stevens. You don't have to make your own outfits and be this awesome creative artist to connect with the creative side of yourself. I mean, in this episode, we talked about gardening and baking and all that stuff. So there's more than one way to be creative in this world, but I do think it's important for all of us to find our spark. Woohoo! You just finished another episode of the Imperfect Party Podcast. <laughs> if you know anyone who should totally hear this episode, can you do me a favor and send it to them? Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a review so more people can find their way to our little shindig. To get to the show notes for today's episode, visit deannaseymour.com slash Cassie Stevens. Oh, and remember, nobody's perfect. Let's party. See you next time. <laughs>